As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> plus minus. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. Do you hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to a farewell edition of the, uh, we'll call this the Warriors Plus Minus podcast. Uh, Are we going somewhere? We're resigning? We out? This is the last one? One of us could. I mean, technically, if you wanted. Um, Wait a minute. One of us does not have a contract. No, never mind. We don't have to get into that. Uh, whoa. whoa. <laughs> just made me start thinking. Bob Myers. Like, what, what did you think of just Bob Myers' mood, what he said, the kind of the attitude? Was it any different than you thought, or was it what you – this is the way Bob Myers is going to go out? Well, this is – I mean, you, we all know this, but, like, he's like – I mean, we've seen him break down on the podium before on random stuff. Like, you knew the tears were coming at some point today. I thought it was interesting that he got through uh, Joe, he got through the players, he got through Steve Kerr, and he started breaking down talking about the fans. Yeah, yeah, it was the yeah, fans yeah. that got to him. Yeah. The 10-year-old Bob Myers yeah. sitting up, you know, up the top of Oracle Arena. That, that was the, that got him. And That's because he just talked to Larry Smith with, with our Dan Brown. <laughs> he, got, he got all emotional about his days wearing a hard hat. <laughs> yeah, no, so I mean, it was reflective. I mean, again, I think sometimes, and I catch myself with this sometimes, like, you know, we're so in the moment, you know, what's next to the GM, while this, you know, second round exit this year, what, you know, how are they going to rearrange stuff? Then you do go to a press conference like this, and you're like, man, they've done a lot of stuff over the last decade, right? You know, even Joe up there going through the Iguodala signing or uh, the signing trade. trade, yeah, that they executed, obviously up to Durant, 2019, coming back from 2019. He didn't, they didn't even mention it. How about the D'Angelo Russell to Andrew Wiggins, yeah. Jonathan Kaminga trade? I mean, that 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 got them another they title. Think of, they think of that as 2019 though, because yeah. to, to get. Russell and the Durant trade is how they ended up with Wiggins, but it was uh, it was all these things. Yeah, and I think that's the right tone for Bob to take. It was the right tone for. We talked later about the, Joe's energy, uh, but yeah, yeah, the 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 achievements that they've gotten through, the things that Bob has helped them get and has set this. And I think Bob, one of Bob's 
big, big things was this franchise is fine. Like things are built. I don't know, you know, again, we'll see what happens in the future, but that this, he isn't, you know, abandoning a sinking ship. He isn't, you know, breaking this all up. We shall see. But I think he is a little sensitive to the fact that, you know, okay, now it's all over. Like it was good for a while and now Bob's leaving and it's all going to crash. I think the franchise is very sensitive to that. And I think Bob's, a lot of his commentary was not only that they've achieved a lot, but that this franchise can still achieve, achieve more after him. We shall see. You got Steph Curry on the scene. You know, there's still certainly possibilities, but they did not want this to be pictured, you know, kind of positioned as the beginning of, of you know, some dark time. And maybe it is and maybe it isn't. That Chloe was their thing. It was, uh, to me, what stood out was it really doesn't sound like he's going to another team soon, right? Like it sounded like, Take a year off. Yeah, but oh, Joe made yeah. it. Oh, made Joe it. was super skeptical. Joe. He's like, I, I think he'll probably do this again. I think he may do it again yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just I felt like if he goes and signs with another team in the next couple months, then it just then that was all everything. fake. Yeah, then that was all fake. Then that was all like, like he he's just watch, saying that. He couldn't watch Clippers when he was 11 years old, go up into the stands somewhere and watch them? I mean, no, no it's just that. Like, he can't give it his all. You got to give it 1,000%. He can't do that. That's the job. It doesn't sound like a guy who is mentally, emotionally able to do the job right now. And by the way, like, I very much believe he's not, no, right? No, and no, like, at, least not, at least for a year. Yeah, at least not, for a year. That's yeah. what I'm saying, for yeah. a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, it sounded like he's in year-off mode, right? It sounded like, like we didn't know if, hey, Ballmer would come. Here's 15, 20 million, come running. He's like, all right, I'm out. But that feels like it's out of the equation. It feels like he's going to sit down for a while and kind of recalibrate, do a few podcasts, you feel me? <laughs> I think he's going to be in the studio, uh, ESPN, like July 2nd. You know, but that's good. Now, he wants to do these things. He wants to kind of you know, feel what, what his role could Have be. His own, make his own schedule, yeah, I mean, right? Yeah, exactly. In a media world, in whatever world that isn't, Okay, I got this draft workout now, and I've got to talk to this five, these five agents, and I got to figure out who I, you know. And I have to answer Joe Lacob's call for the twentieth time today. I love how Joe said he believes he calls him between five and twenty and times. I believe him, and I believe him. Uh, I, I'm, I, you know, we can get into that. I think I want to write about that. Just that dynamic we saw. I mean, I think we all know what the dynamic with Joe is. All three of us, but maybe that's not you know visible or palpable to the outside but man it was in total you know everyone saw it right there full panoramic view of what it is like to work for joe lake my favorite part uh you know in that realm was when joe was like and i'm gonna work you until june 30th because that's when your contract's up (laughs) bob looks at his wife bob looks right at his wife he's like "Eh," you know he was talking about happy hour right he's there on the way home we're getting the drink meanwhile joe's like "Eh." A a month still left on the clock that I thought was one of the funnier parts of the whole thing. Yes, and very, you know, not at all different than you know we've all seen and heard about this franchise. But this is how you're great. I mean, I'll defend Lake up in some ways. I mean, it's a little comical to watch, but this is how you you try to stay great. Like you, you've got to work every angle, every moment. I thought Myers, I tweeted this. I really believe that he was a perfect top executive for Joe Lacob because Lacob's going to demand you work every angle. He's going to demand you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. He's going to text you at 3.30 in the morning. But it's in order to try to be as great as possible, work every single thing you possibly can. That's how you get from Durant to Russell to Wiggins and plus Kaminga. It's how you do it. And Myers was doing it, was willing to do it until it just hit a wall. He hit a, I mean, we could all I mean, he hit the wall. He was even saying like 2019. And... 
the whole franchise was kind of sagging back then. They I, restarted, but Bob, I think, left a part of his soul in 2018, 2019. Like, that part of him was never going to be regenerated as long as he was doing this job because it was just so much. Yeah, I mean, I think we'd all agree, like, he had moved into a different phase of even his general manager duties this definitely this past year i mean like obviously look the draymond punch happens he's the one trying to stitch it together the wiggins situation happens he's the one next to wiggins in the press conference he's still front facing he's still putting out fires behind the scenes but the nuts and bolts of the operation he kind of seeded in a lot of ways that even said that dunleavy was brought in to kind of as part of it now he kind of knocked down me saying did you do it bring in Dunleavy purposely to set him up to be the next general manager. But I think there was some of that in the back of his mind. Like, this guy could be a general manager. He kept saying if he wants it, if he wants well, it. Like, Mike, Mike is interviewed elsewhere. Yeah. Like Mike, I think there was a thought from Bob, like this guy's a future general manager. I don't think it was necessarily like he's going to be the next but Warriors. He took, some of the, he took some of that role with the Warriors when Bob wanted less of it. So I think it's you know yes. not hard to say, well, if you want to keep walking away, from some of this responsibility and the person to take it is, is Mike Dunleavy Jr. So we'll see. I mean, I, I, I think we all believe it's going to be him. But um, interesting that Bob said it, right? He said 2019, I, you know, we brought Dunleavy in, and I think we can see how that progressed. Well, I think one thing that, that really matters if we do shift it a little bit towards the Dunleavy conversation, um, Mike is a Bob guy. Mike was was Bob's suggestion to bring in in a lot of ways. Bob's client. Bob's yes, client. Bob's client. But also he was hired because Bob wanted somebody that wasn't necessarily part of the Lake of Tree. So if it does go to Mike Dunleavy and we'll see, um, I think I feel like that is a relevant note, right? That it isn't just the entire organization necessarily shifting over to, to, to all of the you know Joe Lacob's wants and needs. Maybe. I don't know. How do you feel? Uh, the crazy part is I don't think – Kirk Lakeup being the GM would equal that. It might look like that, but if there's anybody in position to say, yeah, no, Joe, <laughs> I'm not doing that, it's probably Kirk, right? It's probably the one who's like, yeah, no, you're wrong, and I'm not doing that. Like, I, I, that's where. If that's it, where actually knowing the people behind the absolutely. scenes is important compared to like absolutely. what it looks like. Absolutely. Symbolism yeah. is different than the reality. No question. Yeah. I, that's what I think. Like, when you hear about the players being concerned, right, I think the question is, like, if they have a certain idea, if they have a way things should go, like, who's going to go tell Joe it needs to be this way? That was Bob, right? Mm -hmm. Like, hey, like, Steph ain't picking up the phone and, like, going off on Joe. This is how it needs to be, right? Like, that was Bob. Now, whoever's in that place, like, that's going to be important because it ain't even, like, you if you presume – Draymond's coming back like Steph and Draymond will be as involved in whoever they get as anybody so now it's like yo we got to deal with those conversations what's the hierarchy like how does it work what's the communication platform like and all that stuff starts after Bob is gone right July right like that's when Bob is gone so whoever is there has to be somebody to manage that because they're not going to sit on the sidelines and wait to see who management signs but I do feel like to me, it's, it's wild. Like, it, I mean, Mike Dunleavy, he's, he's clearly already established himself really fast. Is he telling Joe? Yeah, no, nah, we're not drafting this guy. Like, no, we're not getting this guy that you really love. You think it's like you're wrong on this. And I got to figure out the way to make you see we're going to go another way. Like, is Dunleavy ready to do that? That's the question I got. Well, 
Bob and Mike have clearly discussed this. Um, Bob, Bob was, you know, you asked him like straight up, you know, if he thinks Mike's ready to take the job. And he, within it, I think there were hints within his um, answer that tells you that like Mike kind of knows it might be him, right? You know, the fact that he even, he said that he has told Mike I'll help with Draymond, which was kind of a funny comment, but it's like, oh, they've like had these discussions. And I assume, I actually would know that one of those, you know, talking points has been like how to deal with Joe. Here's you the know? question, TK. Does Joe want somebody who could say, yeah, nah, this ain't how it's rolling? Or is he like, I've been fighting this guy for a long time. He's got four championships. I, I need somebody who's just going to listen to me. Like, what do you think he needs? Uh, it's a great point. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we all sat there and, and you felt that energy that was coming from the podium today, which might lead you to believe that he would like more of someone who's going to go along with his. But again, who's not necessarily Kirk Lakeup, by the way. I think, yeah. like, we've made this point before. Kirk Lakeup argues with Joe more than anybody in the personnel shop. It's partly because he's Sonny. Could, he can. But, he's the one guy who's going to like, yeah, I ain't got to hear this. But uh, I do think, and again, I'll, uh, people get mad at me because I talk to Joe a lot, but like, Joe does get it. Like, he understands that there's frisian is good. Like, that's the whole VC thing. You, you kind of want creative tension. You don't want everybody agreeing with everything. Part of the great, you know, Jerry West and Travis Schlenk's great value of this team is they would both tell everybody no. The first thing you ask Travis Schlenk, what's his answer? No. That's who he is. You have to prove it to Travis Schlenk. Jerry's very much the same way. Uh, I think they could use more of that. I know I don't know if Dunleavy, and again, we don't know until Dunleavy or whoever it is has the job. But I think Lake gets that there's some value in that, that you just don't want. And especially, hey, there's another party to this. Steve Kerr has some very strong opinions. You know, it wasn't, you no, know. No, Steve <laughs> leaves that to the he, he It wasn't Bob Myers who wasn't playing James Wiseman, right? It wasn't Bob Myers who said, I don't know about Kaminga. Like, so that's where, where, where Bob's incredible value was, even though he probably agreed with Joe on a lot of this stuff with the young players, he would go to Steve and like, how do we figure this out mm-hmm. to tell Joe how we're doing this? How does this... You know, and Steve wasn't doing that. Steve doesn't go to, you know, like people are saying, oh, you know, maybe Steve can be the gentleman. He ain't, doesn't want any part of that stuff. He's Steve coaching hates the team. coaching the team. Steve hates management. Like, being not, he doesn't hate the people who are in management. He just didn't enjoy his time as a GM. He wants to be a coach. And by the way, like, that voice is, will still exist. I mean, it was clear today in the press conference, we all know, like, Steve Kerr wants to be this coach next season and wants to beyond it. Obviously, he doesn't, not currently under contract beyond it. So, um, I, I think a lot of what was in place this past season just really remains in place. Uh, where I, the, the conversations that I be, think become the most difficult are uh, Clay's extension. I think that gets a little thorny, just like that number. Um, oh, he's going to have to take a lot less to, for them to do an extension. No, no I, for sure. But I just mean I think that com- because Bob's not here, that conversation becomes no, a lot yeah, trickier. Yeah. Like the Wiggins deal was easier at a lesser number because Bob was there. Yeah. No, no question. No question. Well, I mean, look, but, I mean, Bob's friendly with Greg Lawrence, who's Clay's yeah. general manager. Like those conversations are just easier when Bob is the mediator. I mean, we, that's what he's like best at, right? But beyond that, um, I don't know. I mean, like this, this doesn't feel like some wow cultural upheaval. Uh, obviously, this was kind of like a banner day, but they're kind of kind of operate tomorrow like they were going to kind of operate today. They're doing pre-draft workouts. Mike Dunleavy and the Lakeups are in there running them right now. Uh, Larry Harris is in there doing scouting. He's been here forever. They're kind of the same in a lot of ways. We won't feel, we won't feel like, uh oh, 
until something happens. And something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Something always happens. This is the state of the Warriors, right? That's when it's like, oh, man, what do you do? What do you call yeah. Bob and like, hey, like I'll give you, I'll give you like hundred uh, k. Just like call Draymond a few hey, times this week. Call Draymond or call Jordan Poole. Oh. Hey, you know, like, like at some point, like to me, I, I, you know, I hate to like minimize him to this, but like one of his great roles was as the crisis manager, right? As That's the, the That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've had some huge crises. Yes. <laughs> huge, huge. I mean, like, just the Wiggins, I mean, even the Wiggins uh, vaccination stuff, right? Who was prominent in that? It was Bob Myers. Mm-hmm. It was Steph, but it was Bob Myers. So I, I think the person who might really feel this is Steve Kerr. Draymond, for sure, who got name-checked. But, like, Steve's got strong, I mean, you know, he's got strong opinions about their personnel, about the way they're going to play. We've seen it in, in these series. We've seen it through the season. And... His guy, to his liaison, his conversation, his the way he talked it through was with Bob Myers. Does he have that relationship with Mike Dillon? I mean, he knows him. I, I asked Steve about him in the podcast a couple of weeks ago. You know, he talks to him a lot now. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. When yeah. I go to road shoot arounds and, you know, Mike's on the road a lot during the year, like, you'll walk in and, like, Mike and Steve are over there, like, chatting, clearly about, like, rotation, you know, whatever. But, you know, and Mike is not Bob, but Mike's alike, oh, personality-wise. Well, no, 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 yeah, that's one thing. Like, yeah, he's... He's got an ease about him, you know, which he didn't have as a player that much. Marcus and I can point out, but as an executive, he can. He's chatty. He's you know thoughtful. Um, you know, he's got somebody. He's not going to be an up tension, right? It's not going to be this all of a sudden. He won't hard be on the, on the podium crying about Warrior fans, <laughs> will he? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so, but uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, maybe more more towards Portland fans, but. Um, I think that part that you know the, the kind of ethos is there. I do think that it's just there's some strong ass personalities yeah, on this team, yeah, yeah. and Bob was amazing about kind of stitching them together and coming to a consensus, even if it wasn't exactly what everybody wanted at, at exactly the same time. Uh, and we don't know if Dunleavy can do that. No, 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 anybody mm-hmm. can do it. You know, yeah. I mean, I was just trying to think who else. Could have possibly have that role, and I can't well, think. There's anybody. an, I mean, we he's in the front. Sean Livingston is in the front office, but that I don't get the sense that he's necessarily ready, or not, not like oh, he's not you know capable. But I just don't think he wants necessarily this type of role. I mean, what do you think, Mark? I don't think he's gonna be here for long. I think he was directly tied to Bob Myers. I think if you remember when he uh, when he was kind of when they were trying to figure out what to do, like. They were waiting on him, right? It was like, hey, are you going to do this? And it was Bob who talked him into it. So I could totally see where where Sean's like, I was here for Bob. <laughs> and if Bob's not here, I don't know if I want to be here. I also think he might want to do some other things. Yeah, so, he's yeah. got to decide what he wants yeah. his career path to be. Does he yeah. want to be a lifelong exec? Yeah, well, I would be surprised. player wandering in the hall before the presser today? Saza. Saza. And you, you know, Mike might have his own kind of guys. I don't know who they are. Uh, Duke guys, I don't know. I mean, you know, that's something we're all going to figure out if it is Dunleavy. But I think we can see kind of more Dunleavy feel. Yeah, it's not. Sean was, hey, Bob signed Sean. Sean, Bob was, that was like a classic Bob Myers guy. And even when I talked to Sean, you know, I mean, as a player, he's like, oh, yeah, Myers kind of guy. So Mm -hmm. those those long, you know, defensive-minded, thoughtful, you know, team guys, those were Myers guys. Andre Godal, another classic Myers guy. 
And we'll see who Dunleavy's guys are, if it's Dunleavy. And, again, I think we all think it will be. Yeah, but they could lose Myers, Iguodala, potentially, like, Livingston, Kenny Atkinson. (laughs) Although, uh, well, the Raptors, Kenny's still up for the Raptors. I mean, potentially, yeah. I'm just saying, like, I mean, there's some significant. And and after losing Mike Brown last year. Mike Brown, yeah. yeah, And, you know, what happens with, now, I don't know, like, their relationship. I don't. I'm not saying he might be gone, but what does Larry do now, right? You know, was he waiting? Was he waiting to be the successor to the throne? Mm-hmm. Like, and now he realizes, yo, I don't have a shot at this. Does he? You know, Larry Harris. I'm talking about, right? Like, yeah. or like we don't know those dynamics. I mean, it feels like it's one piece, but it could end up being a lot. Like when it's all said and done, it could end up being. I mean, obviously, we know who ain't going anywhere. Right, if you know, if, if you're a Lakeup, you straight like you're not going nowhere. So Kent, Kurt, and Joe will be there, you know. But it could be some significant changing of voices and some some voices that matter. I know, like Sean's role, it was a lot like Andre's. It was important as like the player like liaison, uh, you know, always in Kaminga's ear. Like I know Iguodala got a lot of credit for that, but a lot of that was Sean Livingston no, too. Spent right? A lot of time with Jordan Poole in the playoffs. A yeah. lot of time with Jordan. And Poole. with Wiseman before it was like, like he that was kind of his role. Uh, and you know, we'll we'll get to the. Uh, I'll, I'll let to see whoever the new general manager is before we start talking about diversity on this mm-hmm. front office staff because they might be losing that too, right? Like so, it's something. You know, it might not be dramatic instantly, but some things well, will be different. If it's telling me, he should bring in some people. I mean, yeah. he, his own people. Like that's his right, and I'm sure there's a lot of qualified people out there. I don't know who they would be, uh, but they could do that. They could do a lot of interesting things, and we'll see what his vision is. I know we don't know what his vision is. We don't know. I mean, is it the same thing as Bob? Probably not exactly. Will it be like they listen? Listen to Steve. Let's listen to Joe. I mean, I don't know. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. 
you know, again, we covered Dunleavy, and I've talked to him a little bit since he's been. He's like, I know Slater, you've talked to him. Marcus, you've talked to him. Like, do you think he's general manager-ish? Do you oh, feel yeah. that about him? I, oh, yeah. I've always thought, and, you know, I've chatted with him about this before, like, he's like he got into it not knowing like he did the whole like and i know nick collison another guy I covered who's doing this with the thunder but like dipped his toe in the scouting world do i want to be in this and he mike right away was like love this want to be in it moved from new york he was he was a pretty big that was pretty big he was a pro there. scout in new but york he's like the general manager like the the everything that was supposed to make him a great player and really made him uh have a really long career is what makes him a good general manager. Like, the way he sees the game, like, the, the way he understands it, the, like, how much he loves it, right? Like, and all that. You know, my father was a coach player. Like, all of those attributes, you can tell, like, it's, it's second nature to him, basketball. So, and in that sense, like, I know Bob is, like, you know, the former agent and, you know, Italian suit wearer, but that the, the part he talked about that I think a lot of people miss is like he's one of them hoop head diehards constantly yeah. thinking about the game constantly on the phone with Joe all day about the game mm-hmm. Mike's got that in him oh yeah Mike's got Mike, that Mike, in him for Mike, sure Mike, he's he, a hoop head yeah Mike really does know the game to answer your original question like yeah I I saw Mike being a GM elsewhere because I didn't, until this past year, see Bob leaving. Yeah. And Joe clearly didn't. Joe, until this morning, is still like adamant that Bob wasn't going to leave, even though people were clearly telling him it was for real. So, um, But, you know, again, the, to me, the big thing is like the, the conversations behind the scenes with the stars will dictate how swiftly this era does or doesn't end. Yeah, I, was like, I don't think they're prepared to start bringing it up. I really, I mean, that, that's what I've gotten for weeks now like they, 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 everybody's under contract that's what mm-hmm. i've got and it doesn't mean that's what it's gonna say i mean draymond might not be under contract it's up to draymond but like it, there isn't a race to say oh my god it's all over because if it was another way wouldn't we like if 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 bob was like yo i want to resign you but i'm out and i don't know what they're gonna do after that you might be gone like we, it would have been on a podcast, probably. Yeah, well, like, Draymond <laughs> knew that there was a chance that Bob was leaving, and then he said at the press conference, yeah. hey, a good chance I'm coming back. Like, that doesn't happen. I, you know, I don't want to be too cynical here, but it's not like Draymond saying, I only want to be a warrior, and that's what I won't think. Like, he's looked around what the market is. I'm sure of this. What's available? Who could spend what? And he's come to the very smart conclusion that the team that he's best suited for that probably can pay him at least close to the most that he wants to play for and by the way that is is with with bob myers a gm or not the other thing yeah well the other thing that and reason why i think it informs draymond's take on it is he's there's clear he's been given the indication that they do want him back right because remember his messaging mid-season or go back to pre-season writing is on the wall this might be it remember he's like there was a time he was publicly saying like I might be done as a warrior. He's no longer saying that. And part of the reason he's no longer saying that is because indications are that they want him back too. Bob Myers, not even if Bob Myers isn't here. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And and that's Joe Lacob. That's Steve Kerr. It's probably Mike Dunleavy. I mean, like these things get communicated in in a way that Draymond would not have said what he said after the final game of the season without knowing a lot of this. Would not be surprised that there's some two-year deal, whatever, that comes out of this. Uh, and I would be surprised if, if Clay's done real fast. I just don't see the need for that. It's like, well, if you don't sign him, is he going to go sign somewhere else next year for sure? Like, you don't know that. Yeah. Again, you know? it would have to be like a Wiggins situation where Wiggins took below market value because he really wanted and to. what's Clay's market value, by the way, right now? Well, that's the thing. Yeah. And Clay would – Clay probably believes he – 
his market value will be higher after he has a great season yeah. next yeah. year because that's, that's just the way he thinks. So, no, I would expect Clay to be on an expiring deal next year. Yeah. I would agree. I agree. I agree. Um, Joe, how about the CBA? I asked Joe kind of about the CBA rules. And rules like, don't matter. Rules don't, don't matter. matter. We the, win. The, the bar, the bar he dropped. We're gonna win no matter. We're gonna win no matter what. No matter what the rules are. Come on, like that's a rap lyric right there. Like he 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 just Joe Lacob in that one line became like Logan Roy, <laughs> like like classic legendary figure. Warriors fans eating that up. They love it. Like, Bob Myers ain't stopping no show. That's what they want to hear from Joe. Like, yeah. you want Joe to be the gangster who, like, we win it no matter what. I mean, as much as he gets lit for the light years, people love that. So this was this was very, uh, like, that was a bar. People are going to love that for real. They're going to love it until, you know, he's got to show it with their decisions coming up this summer yeah. because we all know they're, he- they're heading towards this bill. By the way, that's the, the, yeah, you have to keep committing the money that they've mm-hmm. committed. That's... If they if he says that and they don't commit the same amount of money, then there's going to be reasons to say this was hypocritical or whatever. And I and I I believe he'll keep committing. There's a lot of commentary about how hard it's going to be, and it is. And these things are to strip away options for teams that are way over, like the Warriors are. But two things: Clay's coming off next season, possibly might not have that contract. That would free up. A lot, they would drop under the apron mm-hmm. without Clay's contract if they don't re-sign him or if they sign him for a lot less. Secondly, the restrictions are all about adding players, like not keeping the players. In fact, there is more emphasis when you think about it on keeping players because you can't replace them when you're over the apron. So I don't know that it's. I mean, again, it's, it's going to be tough for them. They can't add another DiVincenzo. Like that's a real thing, but. They've Beyond not that, used yeah. the, the year they won the title. They didn't use the mid level. Exactly. Like, um, I mean, so like, like there's they can't sign buyouts. They haven't signed buyouts. Like it isn't as pressing on them the, as you might think it is. Other than losing the mid level. Yeah. The real bad one I think for them is when you start to go repetitive years and and we get you know as it goes to 2025 2026, um, you <laughs> either your your draft picks get locked up via trade. And suddenly, all your draft picks start going 30th overall if you keep staying over the second apron, which they're not going to – like, that is really restrictive. They're going to drop team. below the, the second apron. I just think that's – and there's – Maybe this, not this year, yeah, but no, – But it doesn't kick in until next year anyway, most of these things. Uh, so – and you know what? If there is an explosion in the salary cap, which there could be, yeah, then that's going to push the apron up too. I don't think they're in terrible position as long as – they're a good team. If they're not a good team and they're not making the playoffs and they're not getting the home dates, it's a very different situation. But I think the belief is with 30, they're going to be pretty good for at least a couple more years. Then they'll see what Kaminga is. And, you know, there's a whole lot of other things. Next year becomes a huge pivot point for this history of this franchise, even with Myers out. Like, this is Steve Kerr on one more year of his contract. Steph's got two years. Clay's got one year. We don't know what Draymond. Like, this is... It's not going to be the last dance, but it's going to be something close to it, much more than this year was. I really believe that. Um, I thought Myers might jump in one more year. Let's really do a last dance. He decided not to. I get that. But like, there are they, – they got to figure out not this year, next year is the big, big deal, I think, in the coming kind of financial pressure. I, I think just what I've been getting from them is they think they can ride it through next season. They don't have to do a lot. And if Jordan Poole, we'll see. That could be a basketball decision. Mainly, it might be to get off that contract a little bit, but mainly. But like the Wiseman trade was the main thing they had to do. 
to set up for next season. I think just that they're okay financially, maybe with some adjustments. I don't think this huge stuff starts coming in until next season. And that's when Clay's contract's gone. And also, they've got some young, talented players who they could, you know. Ryan Rollins. Yeah, I mean, well, they could. <laughs> Chris know, Murray. They got, they got a pick coming in. They got Kaminga. They've got, no. you know, a PBJ. PBJ. Yeah, make sure you mention that yeah. one. I feel like, you know, they could they, still. Nico Mannion's still on the roster. No, Nico Mannion is actually, uh, I believe they're not picking up his QO oh, because no. he's, I saw he's playing, uh, somebody, I think an Italian outlet reported he's playing in a summer league for another team, which means. Justin, where's Justin and Jessup? Jessup probably still out there somewhere. Wow, we're getting too deep right now. <laughs> we're getting down there. What's Smiley Geach's rights look like right now? still got rights on him somewhere. Uh, probably. Uh, no, I think, you know, Santos Moody is... is such, Santos. Santos. Moody. Like a good pull. Moody is such a big part of this. If he's good, that, you know, if they could just say, we go next season, Moses Moody's good, but Saul's... Certainly, some issues. Yep. Am I wrong thinking Jonathan Kaminga is good? Like I, I still, I mean, I think they got to play Kaminga. I mean, that was part half of my conversation with Kurt was like, you've got to play Kaminga. Like there are minutes for Kaminga. Just don't play Anthony Lamb. Those are Kaminga's minutes. I think if they commit to it, and if they don't feel as panicked as they were last season at three and seven, and Jordan Poole getting hit by by Draymond, I think it's a lot going to be a lot easier this season. So uh, you know, they've got some a little more roster flexibility. But again, you know, Dunleavy's what, 17th pick they got? What do they got? Something like that? They have the 19th pick. 19th pick. You get a decent player in that. I mean, I don't know if they're going to play right away, but I think, you know, we start to see what the vision, you know, the ideas that Dunleavy or whoever the GM is, and again, we're all assuming it's him. Uh, going to be some Duke guy? Is, it Duke, is some Duke guy going to be there at 19 for them? Derek Lively? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah that'd be pretty interesting for them. Um, you know, just what his ideas are. What he sees, you know, I always laugh. Myers always drafted guys who were the same size as he was. Like, that's Kaminga and all these guys, you know, Baldwin was a little bit taller. What is what is Dunleavy like in a player? Well, we can start to see a little bit. I bet, I bet ball handling and passing. Yeah. I bet, like, he, was, yeah. he, was, he was big on the pool pick. He went and scouted Jordan mm-hmm. Poole, uh, and that was a good pick. Yeah, so. Ball handling and passing, that's what I can see from him. Just people who can read the game and pass and dribble the ball. I think that's probably going to be his thing. Which... Is what works with Steph Curry, yep. so that's yep. that's pretty good. Yeah, I don't think Steph's gonna argue with any of that stuff. All right, I was, we should probably just wrap it. You know, going back to Myers a little bit. You know, what? How many years was it? 11? 12, 12, 12. 11 as GM, twelve, 12 overall. Twelve in the organization. I just remember when they hired him. Like I knew, I obviously had a relationship with Bob. Uh, I covered him at UCLA. Uh, I he was a source of mine when he was an agent. He was in the Arntelm office when Kobe Bryant was with the Lakers. I covered Kobe, so Bob was. Someone I talked to a lot. Someone I talked to as an agent. He's Antoine Jameson's agent, Dunleavy's agent. Uh, I don't know if he was the lead agent on Dunleavy, but he was one of the agents for Dunleavy. Pat, uh, Brandon Roy's agent. Like, he was just a guy I knew. And, you know, I did start flashing to that. Like, I remember when they hired him. I was like, they are going to do something interesting here. And it's smart. I just I knew it at the time. I didn't know he was going to be this great. But um, it was a sign that they had some things on their mind that were different than just your run-of-the-mill team. That. Just can you take some Cohan shots here, please? Yeah, it's like, like yeah, yeah. with this run in the mill. You're not talking about a run in the mill team. Talking, talking, yeah, they're talking the neurotic, paranoid warriors. With, this know, is what I want to hear. Gary St. Jean and all that whole thing. It, everything was 
like mad at the world and everything. You know, they made these really half-assed, impulsive moves. And Myers was not that. He was not that from the beginning. He was like, if we're going to do this, we're going to have this ready and this ready and this ready. And that was not the way this team acted. This team, like, barely knew how to do a sign and trade before he got here. Barely. I mean, there were times, like, I felt like, do I have to call you up? I got a call from a Warriors person being mad at me for criticizing them. And I said, I do I think I, I need to explain to somebody how you do a sign and trade? Because I don't think they knew. And Myers came in here with all that stuff. I mean, he's very modest about like people had to teach him how to do it i think he knew how to do it all this like you know you move this pick to get this and that and you don't make this trade until you have this trade ready like they didn't know how to do that the stuff before like even if he needed somebody to explain it he would understand when they explained it yeah. i don't think some of the people even if you explained it be like hold on all right one more time <laughs> base your compensation i just don't get it like <laughs> run it by me again one through what uh and and myers was Always good. He was hey. so sophisticated that stuff. But we're we're saying this. But what was his first his first big move? Amnesty, amnesty, <laughs> amnesty. Charlie Bell because he was sure he was going to get DeAndre Jordan. Because Warren told him that his former boss that you do this, you set this up. By the way, they cut Jeremy Lin to do cut this. Jeremy Lin, Amnesty, Charlie Bell, who had one year, four million left on this contract, which was a total waste of Amnesty. While Andres Bedrin's like fifty six million was sitting there. <laughs> Right, it was like all this to get DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre Jordan, former client of yeah. Bob Myers. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was one of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was like, not the greatest move in the history of the Bob Myers uh, reign, but especially after Jeremy Lin goes off. It was yeah, like, <laughs> uh, Joe, one of Joe Lego's favorite players, Jeremy Lin. Yes. Uh, but this is all great stuff. But I, I, I'm surprised by the way that, that Myers mentioned Mark Jackson. I give him credit; he always credits Mark Jackson. You know, a little bit of a controversial figure with Joe Lego sitting eight feet from him. But that was a gutsy hire, too. I mean, that was, that was Joe's hire. But Bob was part of that. Uh, then they do the smooth move to Kerr. Like, all these things that, that Bob brought up makes you know that he felt they were important. Uh, and that this bumpy road that they took to this, you know, it wasn't this just, oh, we got Steph Curry, everything's great. That was not, I mean, they were struggling with Steph Curry, got up a level with, with Mark Jackson, and then it just went to the whole new heights when they got Steve Kerr and all the other things that they did. It just was to hear Bob go through it. I was kind of going through it just because we were here, not you, Slater, but Marcus and I were here. Marcus gets a shot out by Myers, by the way. He, Myers has no recollection of it. And Rusty Sim. <laughs> yeah, because you weren't here every day. I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah, here every day. I was in the ditches yeah, with right, you guys. They were, what, what, 23 games that first year? Like, yeah. <laughs> he, he, TK was like, yeah, I'm not. I was there. Treating, him, treating him like the Giants before this recent win streak. <laughs> no, now suddenly he's back on the Giants. You got to show it to me. But it just treating him like the A's. I, like, tell I you. think a lot of that gets forgotten. The Harbaugh era, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I had other, I had other things yeah. to do. Oh, man. look at this guy. Yeah. Yeah. But you want to know which one today? Dealing with the lowly. And this is one I've... I know this because I used to be happy whenever Tim came as a beat writer because number one, he would steal my ideas. Like. <laughs> I feel like this is about to be a therapy session that had nothing to do with Bob Myers. But, like, you know, you'd have, I'd have to spend the entire game explaining what the heck was happening to whoever was coming. So, yeah, I remember vividly being like, oh, we got to How were the pregame, like, coach scrums? Just you you, you, and Mike Montgomery just out in the hall. Oh, man. Oh, that's the other thing. They had Mike Montgomery. You was it. No, that was way long time ago. That was a long time. That was before, way before Bob Myers. That's when Bob Myers' agent going, no, I don't want my guys. That was the funny part. It's like he had Tariq Evans, I think. And I think I remember, like, 
if I call them up, like you're gonna have you got Tariq work out with. Oh no, we're not, we're not working out with. Warrior. Like this was like I knew this stuff when he was the agent for these guys, and he didn't want his guys to go to the Warriors, like because he had had Jamison there, he'd had Dunleavy there, like they weren't that interested in going to the Warriors. I think I'm pretty sure Tariq did not work out with the Warriors that season, and it was just was like was to go from year, that, yeah, to go from that position, knowing the league and knowing what the Warriors were to where they are or where they were certainly in 22 and 18, 17, all that. Uh, it was quite a journey, and Bob brought it up, and so, I mean, I kind of forgotten about some of this, but I'm glad he brought it up. I mean, it was, it was an immense move. It was an immense amount of things they had to do to get there, and it, just, it was Steph Curry, but it wasn't just Steph Curry. Yeah, um, the, the one that I mean, stands out to me, and obviously I was very much involved really on the other side of, of this, but, I mean, the, the KD move, the Kevin Durant free agency move was talked about by both Bob today, who included saying Kevin Durant from Monaco called him this morning <laughs> yeah. when he saw the news. I thought that was interesting. Um, did, but, did, did KD go watch Verstappen with us? Probably. I don't know. You, you might know. Um, but, you know, and it's, this is not anything we don't know how involved – Myers was and pulling off the Durant thing, but even Joe getting up there and saying like this was his move, and uh, the Iguodala one too. Yeah, yeah the Iguodala was, one he that mentioned. Was legendary, yeah. Yeah, but I mean the Durant one is one of is like one of the top three to five like biggest free agency moves in ever history, yeah. in history. LeBron, 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 and and KD. Yeah, <laughs> probably those four. Uh, so like that's like no question. I mean you and know and Bob, that's his legacy. We know Bob planned for this for two years. Like for this possibility, that's, that's the part. Yeah. People, like we were hearing about this like 2015. Like so, yeah, that was that was a long con that was happening there. That was like Ocean's Eleven esque, and it was because of his relationship with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman. I think is like massively. And also, involved. Uh, I mean, again, I keep saying this. He knew he could move Bogut. Like you had to trade Bogut to do this, and like you couldn't just. Hey, we got, we're going to sign Kevin Durant, and now we've got to figure out what to do with Boga. Like, he had that deal done. He had the deal to Harrison Barnes. Like, all this stuff he knew. I do this, and then I'm going to do this, this, and this. Well, and the, the cap Durant, spike, all yeah, that. The cap spike. These were all things. Like, he had this multidimensional sense. And I'm not saying just not just him, but he was leading that. And so they could go out and say, in 18 months, we're going to have this amount of money. If we do this, this, and this, and we have this trait set, like... I want to ask Mark Cuban, like, could, why did you trade for, for Bogut? If you don't trade for Bogut, they might not be able to do the Durant deal. Obviously, he made it, maybe had another deal that he could have done. But, like, he had to have all that lined up. Not just, like, oh, we could do it. It's like, this was a done deal once they signed Durant, because it had to be. This was the Myers error to me. And he got credit for it, and he should get credit for it. And he brought it up, and, and I'm glad Laker brought it up. Like, these are things that... Other teams don't do. I mean, you know, there's Danny Ainge does them. The Heat. You know, the Heat do them. But not that many other teams do this stuff. And they won 73 games, lost since game seven. And, like, Joe's talking about it. Maybe it's, like, not great. You know, maybe kind of against – well, they were working on Durant, like, hours after that game. Like, they were in conversations. I'll say they were in some thought. Like, maybe they go after LeBron. Because that was – LeBron was a free agent that year. They weren't going to get him. But that's where this – front office went from where they were with Gary St. Jean and all the others to with Bob Myers. Like they were like, we lose, we win 73, lose game seven. Let's go get Durant. And if we can't get Durant, let's, what, what about LeBron? Like that's Bob Myers. And they are going to, it's going to take a lot to replace that. Plus the relationships, plus the integrity 
Like th this guy is a Hall of Fame executive. I imagine he's gonna get in the Hall of Fame. And I thought, oh, you think guys gonna be back in the league? Is he, is he gonna be a back running yes. team? Yeah, I think eventually, probably. Yeah. I think yeah. in a year he's gonna take a look around. Clippers might be available, you know, like one of those situations. Yeah, I think that's part of the deal. Like he wouldn't say it, but I think when he took this job, like he wasn't calling any shots, right? Like it was like I'm gonna do all of this stuff. I'm be. He goes to another team now. He's a he's a king maker, right? He's not Pat Riley. Yeah, yeah. I think he wants to be that. Now, now you can kind of have all this, you know, personal stuff. You can be a family man and all that, and call your shots. I don't think he wants to be. Well, it's a little bit why the Clippers long-term, whenever, if that Lawrence Frank situation, Jerry West situation dissipates, makes sense because you have Steve Ballmer who can pay whatever you want, and Steve Ballmer is supposedly not that involved in the basketball decision-making. Jerry loves so. him. Jerry loves him. Uh, and Jerry doesn't love his owners very often, including this one. So uh, that, I think that goes a long way with Bob Myers. We'll see if that... And it's that, L.A., yeah. which we all know. That's, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I, I expect Bob to move to L.A. I mean, I just think that's going to happen. I think that was part of this. That's where you know his family wants to be. That's where he should be. I was thinking one way the Warriors could try to finesse this is like, hey, go ahead and live in L.A. You're team president. Make Dunleavy a general manager. But I get what a sense from Bob is even if they offered that, he would, he would feel like he's not putting his soul into it. You don't want to half-ass it. He can't go to Draymond and say, hey, you know what, you got to do this if Bob isn't there every day. So he either was going to do this job 100%, he wasn't going to do it from L.A., and I respect that, you know, walking away from possibly $14, $15 million, respectable, but I don't think he's going to be hurting for offers in, in, in that level of uh, money into the future. I, I think he might want to try Disney. I think he could be a Disney executive. I think he could, you know, do a lot of things that way. He, I think he can run for political office, but... Him saying how much he loves basketball, like I, th I think he'll be back and running a team at some point in a, in a different way, in a, in a in a Pat Riley kind of Danny Ainge. You know, that's part ownership. I mean, you know, that could happen. Could it happen here? But, you know, Lake made a line. You know, said something like he could come back here. Right? I think he came back here. He'd want to be part owner. I don't know. You know where where that would all fall in his options, but I think he's gonna be back in basketball too. All right. Well, um, we will do another press or another uh, podcast probably. Well, maybe when they name a GM, which you know, my uh, uh, feeling is it's going to be a pretty quick process. Uh, very likely to be an internal candidate. Obviously, well, we've discussed say, that. I love to read this stuff. The fact that Dunleavy, one of Bob Myers' closest friends, was not there was very. Like, it wasn't a sign that he wasn't going to be it. It's a sign that he is going to be it. Because if Dunleavy shows up there, then we start thinking about Dunleavy. It's not about Bob Myers. He would have been there otherwise. I think he knows that he's likely to be the next guy, and that's why he wasn't there. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, we will talk to you probably, maybe post-GM hiring, if it's uh, a day that makes sense. If not, there's a draft coming up. There's free agency coming up. We'll talk, you know, with big situations in this offseason, an interesting offseason. So talk to you then.